0: Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York.
1: It's only a kick. (laughs) A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
0: good morning what's up everybody welcome to gojo i am michael of jr with me as always brandon newman and uh brandon this is is a uncomfortable day to say the least um this is kind of how this is going to go um we know that Last night, there was a basketball game that the Dallas Mavericks won to prolong a series. We know there's another game coming up tonight. We know that there are plenty of sports going on and that all those things happened. And, you know, at some point, we'll talk about them because, I mean, there were things that were genuinely interesting, the Mavs roof springing a leak in the middle of that game coming out of halftime, the fact that the Warriors almost came back, like, what version? All of that we'll get to eventually, but... This is one of those days where I think we're all reminded that we're people first and Mm -hmm. there's just no way to walk into this and not address what everyone took in yesterday and the tragedy that we all watched take place yesterday as we saw yet another in a string of senseless mass violence in this country as... At The last count as we are recording this, 19 children and three adults were gunned down in a shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. 19 children and three adults are dead because an 18-year-old walked into a school with hate on his mind and a gun in his hand. And decided to do what happened there. And I I don't know, man. It's just, it's one of those spots where I'm never sure what we're supposed to do in these situations. I understand that we're largely a sports podcast. And if that is what you have come here for, we will have that for you. We taped an interview with Katie Nolan, who we love, who so many of you love, who you see, all over the media, you see on Friday Night Baseball. Like, we had a conversation where we did laugh and we complained about problems that are, in the grand scheme of things, very trivial and things that do not hold weight anywhere near what went on yesterday. And if that's something that you need right now to come up for air in this sea of just awful that's enveloping so many people again that we get hit with over and over but is fresh and awful again if that's something you need that interview will be in this podcast and maybe you get a second to laugh maybe you get a second to just think about anything else for a little bit and if that's not something that you want today by by all means I I get it I I think we all understand it I mean There's no rule book for how to deal with this. I I, I mean, even as much as we have seen atrocities like this every time, it still should stop us in our tracks and make it strange. And you're not a bad person if you find a moment somewhere to come. I mean, hell, for me last night, it was the inside of the NBA crew. I I mean, watching part of that game, sitting around in the evening – I laughed at Charles and that crew and what they were doing and Charles making you know fun of cities and things and shacking a fool. Like, I just, that moment, I was like, man, all right, I kind of just needed to let that out. And those guys in the middle of all this were doing a job and provided that moment. But Brandon, in the meantime, like, we just, I think, are sitting around reacting to this like everyone else. And, you know, I... For me, I grew up in Connecticut, and so this instantly brought me back to Sandy Hook, which was 20 children, which was six adults, which was one of the first times in my lifetime we had to reckon with this with kids, with mm-hmm. young kids. And, you know, our our first thought in this obviously goes out to the families here. I mean, the things that you are reading about this situation and these families having to go give DNA swabs to, I, I, I I, I won't get into it here because this is triggering stuff. And and I want people to walk into something that they're not ready for. You can go find this information. So obviously thoughts, prayer, I mean, whatever you ascribe to in that regard, man, like to those families, they're going to need so much because they are in hell. Right yeah. now, that is something I cannot fathom for those people and what they're dealing with in that community. Because I, I saw so close out here in Sandy Hook and in what that community went went through, but it, it there's just nothing to say that can help or make that better. And then Brandon, my second thought went to you know my friends that I know are parents, to you, to our other former teammates. And I, I I just I don't know, man. Like how how are you doing? Like I, I just don't I don't even know. It's uh it's very
2: it's very weird. Obviously it's a it's a very trying time for all Americans, all people who are uh who have a heart. This is days after a mass shooting in Buffalo where African Americans were targeted for being black. Uh I try not to be desensitized to these headlines, to these news, uh, to this news when it happens. Um, you know what, as Americans, as humans, like, I just think we can't get desensitized, you know, to the violence and the brutality that's happening in this country all the time. Uh, you know, we're constantly watching the news and reading articles to better understand what we end up internalizing as someone else's problem. Right. Like we're just like, oh, you hear about what's going on in Texas. You hear about what's going on in Colorado. Uh, this isn't a state issue. This isn't a race issue. Uh, this is an American issue where America is raising Americans that aspire to be domestic terrorists uh, for all the wrong reasons. And I just. I just want us all to, to get better and be better, uh, but also just kind of grieve that. Uh, and grieve in the way that 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 will be helpful, but if we're not as a people protecting each other, our little people. Uh, I know my wife is is really afraid. She 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 mentioned being afraid of our our child uh, having a, a mass a mass shooting at his school, which is I haven't gone that far. My thing is just that I I don't want this. I don't want this to be the norm for my child. I guess how how about that? I I guess that's just where I'm laying
0: at this point in time. And I don't either. And that's the sick part about this is those parents didn't either. And here we are. And you can go and find. At a place anywhere online, the stats about the staggering disparity of gun violence and mass shootings in this country versus other civilized countries on this planet and the things that correlate in that and what needs to change. But I think there is a frustration from a lot of people, Brandon, because I I, I just remember the hollow feeling and that's kind of the, what I found myself feeling at the start of this was just pretty hollow because... I'd seen this before, and I remember so distinctly that feeling of watching what happened at Sandy Hook and no, seeing nothing get done, nothing tangibly change, and going, if you're not going to change or try anything, when that happens, when it's kids, when you have to watch it like that, unfold like that, I don't know what's going to happen. And so that's, that's my fear, and... That's the fear and those are things that I've heard from our other friends who are parents and yeah. the worries that they have that potentially doing that shouldn't be something that has to worry you. But it is and that's that's the sick and hollow part in this is that we've seen it before and it doesn't feel like there's much different and it feels like we're going to think and pray our way through this and then nothing's going to happen again.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I just... I got emotional just now just thinking about, like you said, the the parents that drop their kids off at of school and it just have no idea where they are hours later. They're jumping back from the hospital to the school to all these different locations that I'm sure set up all around Texas to help these parents connect with their kids, hoping that they're just still alive. And I, I want to get away from this and, and, and stop being so heavy, but my heart goes out to Anyone who experienced this in this very small town. I think I, I, I heard that multiple members of, of uh, the mayor's staff have lost children in this, in this shooting. Like, like I think it's just, it's not the problem with it is the problem with it is, and we can lay out after this, it's not unthinkable. It's not surprising. That's the problem. That's the issue that we're here uh, facing right now is that, that this is a reality and it's, and it's not a clutching of pearls moment. This is a, a, a another just embarrassing moment uh, as an American, in my opinion.
0: Yep. And I, I understand what you're saying. I don't think any of us want to lose hope. And I don't want that to be what the sticking point is here. And so I... In moments like this, I try to recognize my own limitations and then look for people who I believe at times can encapsulate thoughts a lot better in this moment. And, you know, we're going to hear a lot of, I I think, the same arguments that we hear from a lot of the same people involved in these conversations that happen over and over and over again. And I was struck by this. Uh, Holly Anderson, who does a great job covering college football, tweeted out the quote, from Mary Oliver, uh, it's from a poem, and it says that God had a plan. I do not doubt, but what if His plan was that we would do better? And Jason Kirk, who also you know covers college football with that same group, and is you know someone with a very religious background. Kind of contextualize this in a way that made sense to me because we obviously think of this family and this community and we want to try and find ways to love. And I'm sure there will be tangible ways to do that. And that's kind of the point because Jason pointed out that that quote about us doing better is the gospel. If that's what you subscribe to, I'm not a religious person. I make that pretty upfront. I know you are. That's an area where we differ and it's not a judgment, it's just, you know, the way that I go about my life. But I recognize that especially in times like this, this is where a lot of people turn. And so I think this is something we can all agree on that that notion is the gospel that making this physical planet verifiably safer for vulnerable people, even if it costs literally everything, was the entire point of that. Those were Jason's words and not mine. And I was struck by that because that is what I feel like we are failing at right now and God, my hope just stays there, even if it's misguided hope at this point, that at some point thoughts and prayers will turn to actions that can change this and prevent this and stop it from happening to other people. And so, again, it, it, so much love to the community in Uvalde, Texas and the hell that they are going through right now, those parents and loved ones and uh, you know, people that have had to deal with this all too often. So... Man, it, I, you know, obviously not the podcast we're used to doing around here, not the show we're used to doing around here, but it, shit, it's sometimes, sometimes I, we just don't know what else to do. We're trying to figure it out like everybody else. There's no right or wrong way to do any of this from here on out other than to try and find ways to help. So we're going to take a breather here. And like I said before, we've got this interview with Katie Nolan coming up. If this is something that, can help you or that you want or that you need, great. We hope you enjoy it. We love Katie so much. You're going to hear us talk pretty normally, talk pretty candidly about our meager problems in the world of sports and in our jobs and laugh about things that are totally trivial in all of this. And if it helps, great. If it's something that you can't stomach right now or you feel like is inappropriate right now, by all means, it doesn't have to be for you today it doesn't have to be for you at any point in time but we will take a break and then we will have our conversation with our good friend Katie Nolan The NBA playoff action is non-stop at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA This week new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and then boom, you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code GOJO and bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code GOJO, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Alright guys, big day around here. We have now... Two guests in the history of this podcast, the one-month-old history, who have made two appearances, and it should come as no surprise that those two two two-timers are my father and Katie Nolan.
1: Hello. Hi, Katie. I wish I was your dad. Can we just swap me out and do your dad instead?
0: I'm not really sure how I'm supposed to take that.
1: He had some spawn con the other day of like him in, what was it? Golf clothes. Yeah. Oh, it oh, was yes. my favorite spawn con I've ever seen. <laughs> he wasn't like corny about it. He just was like, no. these are the clothes I wear. And I, mean, I, I was
2: inspired to buy those clothes and to lose a bunch of weight. But I mm. will say, and I thank you for putting uh, our guy, Gojo, in a position that he is. Cause I feel like since your interview, he has looked better. And I've also appreciated how handsome my gold senior is. So, kind of two, two for two You're there.
1: Welcome. That's what I'm here yeah. for. That's what I bring to the table.
0: I do appreciate that. Dad's just been like hawking product for so much of his adult life Mm -hmm. that he does it as naturally as a normal person would breathe
1: and honestly it's a skill because i think that you know when you can tell someone's trying to sell you something you immediately are like what is this don't do this but when he does it you're like tell me more about those pants
0: (laughs) and Nutrisystem." system
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) all of it tell me about everything
0: (laughs) tell me your story there bright eyes uh, you guys can, as always, catch Katie Dolan as a part of the Apple T- uh, Apple TV Plus Friday Night Baseball crew. They will be featuring the Toronto Blue Jays and the Are they the Los Angeles Angels? I always Los still call Angeles them the Angels
1: of Anaheim. It's a full sentence for a mm. team name.
0: Dear God! Well, that that game's at eight fifty five Eastern on Friday night. So make sure you check out Katie and the gang going for that game and. I don't. How's it been going, Katie? Like, how are you doing with all this? So, I mean, well, we talked We talked to you three weeks ago now, so I feel like that's enough time to where we can get an update on
1: that. Feels like five months ago, if I'm honest. Um, it's going well. It's ups and downs. I think I must have said last time that this job is more of an emotional wave than I'm used to throughout the week. So it's like certain days I'm feeling like, oh, I got this, and then other days of the week are just very dark. Uh, and we're in a Tuesday right now, so I feel like my I'm feeling. Um, I'm feeling okay and good. The thing about baseball that like you realize, but you don't really fully realize until you're working in it in this capacity is that it's every day. Like, especially with the shortened spring training and the delayed start to the season. Like there are teams that are having like one day off a month, if that. And it's just a lot of games to keep up with. Um, But she's doing it uh with with a lot of passion I think in the middle part so probably the last time we talked I had gotten really um obsessed with feeling like I had to know the numbers even though you know I'm anti numbers I'm more of a words gal uh and I think for a little bit there I started to let other people tell me how I'm supposed to do this job and so I started doing it that way of feeling like I had to have these member numbers memorized and say them in a way that, but it's an open book test. You have your notes in front of you. And I think what I, the problem I was making was I was getting all the numbers. And then when I was calling games was just staring at sheets and sheets and sheets of numbers and being like, which of these numbers should I say right now? Uh, there's a lot of numbers here. And so I was kind of just tossing out numbers. My theory for this week, what I'm going to try this week is uh, at least in the intro, we do a quick intro on camera before we get into the game. I'm going no numbers on the intro Mm, because last week I was so stressed out that I was gonna say the numbers wrong that I called a home run, a grand slam, I called a home run. And then I was like, that's a word and you don't mess words up. So uh, stop worrying about numbers. Let the two numbers dudes near you handle the numbers and genuinely tell people what you're interested in about this game that's happening tonight. It's a a thing I'm going to have to keep telling myself throughout the season because the gravitational pull of dorkiness in the, in, in the sport and in a booth of any sport is strong. And you go into it being like, I'm not doing that. And then by the fifth day, you're like, I got to do this. I have to do it this way. So I'm going to have to keep repeating that to myself. But I feel like my value is not uh numerically based
0: <laughs> are you are you a person that like writes down the thing you want to remember on a card because i had to do that for the longest time when i started calling games i just had big cards that said like slow down and be yourself like the most i based should start things. doing that
1: i should start before this past week when i was trying to like okay i gotta say that this guy is you know he's got uh, he's 1168 ops like i had to remember these specific numbers. So I would just keep repeating, writing down the numbers. I was like, if you write the numbers enough times on a card, then you can't forget them. And that's not true. Uh, They will still escape. They will still escape your mind. It's, It's becoming clear to me that people who think that way, who have analytical mathematically wired brains, it's easy for them to remember it. They're not having the same struggle right. that I'm having. So it's like, why am I trying to make my brain a crappier version of a good brain that way? Why don't I let it be the good brain I have in the way that my brain is good. So, um, that's the goal for this week.
2: That was very, very articulate. I just <laughs> want to say that. I know, I know it yeah. could, I know it, it might have sound, sounded not coming out your your brain mouth, but it is, and I want to appra- <laughs> applaud you. I want to applaud you for attempting to just omit the numbers because, like, we, we've talked about this before, but they want, they use them so much. They're so yeah, important it's for a them. Lot of numbers. So it's like, how, how can, like, maybe I just need the right number?
1: Yeah. That's it's, how I feel. And I also feel like if I say something and someone's like, oh, the numbers support that, they'll give me the numbers mm, and then I can yes. say the number that supports the thing I said. But my value is in like observing and also the human element. That's my, um the umbrella that I'm living under this week is I'm like, don't forget, you care about the human element. And so bring the, hu-. like my favorite thing in the game last week, it was, um it was Astro's and Rangers. And the Rangers, we are like the good luck charm for the Rangers. It's the second time that we've had them on Friday night baseball and the second time that they've won. Uh, and so for me, the night before when they had played, there was a situation, I think it was the bottom of the eighth, but again, that's a number. So I might forget it, uh, where everybody thought Dusty Baker was going to pinch hit for, uh, Maldonado, the catcher. And he left him in And he ended up driving in runs and winning the game with that. So it was like he trusted in him. And then in our game, uh, Perez was the pitcher. He was, um, it was the ninth inning. There was guys on base. They should, in any other situation, normally they would have pulled him uh, and they left him in and he ended up pitching a complete game, they got the win. And I loved that it was like, oh, managers that just believe in their guys and don't pull them out, even though the numbers in the book says, like, he comes out now, they let them finish and what they started. And I loved that, Uh, and you know, I, I didn't even think of it. About... It Got so dark in here. Hold on. I was did, I was you just did. gonna you say. Out I, quick,
0: <laughs> real quick. Katie has been waging war against the lights in her room I during the filming
1: to do of this, this. Interview in my bed. Why do I have to?
2: She looks like she's way. doing it. Like Tim Barton directed her. Her Zoom. yes. <laughs> oh,
1: this
0: is the this is the nightmare before Nolan.
1: Watch out now. I'm half here. Is.
0: Oh, she back. Should she I turn back. that one
1: on too? It's backlit, so it's not great, but whatever. It's audio media mostly.
0: Yeah. Podcast. Listen, people here are here to hear the sultry sounds of our voices and to not, (laughs) is that that it? (laughs) That's what I lie and tell myself all the time, because I am also a person that stumbles over a fair amount of numbers as she has figured out the lighting in here. But you mentioned that Katie, I didn't realize that you also came into calling baseball during the time where we have talked about analytics have, and numbers have probably never dominated the sport
1: more It's crazy in
0: so many instances. And so we have, I remember earlier in the season with the Dodgers and Kershaw and them pulling him in the middle of a no-hitter because history of injury and a long season and all these things that detract from that moment. And so I feel like what you just described there is pretty comparatively rare.
1: Yeah. It's um. look, I get it too. Like looking at the numbers and looking at all the like stat cast and the, the advanced metrics they have to measure performance by It's super valuable and I think obviously it's super valuable to teams and to players and to fans who like to consume the game that way, it's also super valuable. But I think that there are people who just like to turn on a baseball game. And I feel like those people are hearing the numbers and maybe they're going and Googling it and figuring out what it really means. But there's probably a lot of people that are just like, I don't, they just kind of let it gloss over. And so I feel like if we can translate numbers into words, um, which I, I can spend my time doing instead of trying to memorize the numbers, uh, then it's, you know, it's all about providing value. The hardest part about this job is figuring out like, okay, what's my value here in a sea of people who have done this before are, are good at this, are used to this dynamic and the rhythm of this. And then there's me who's not. Um, it's tough sometimes to remember, like you, they didn't bring you in here to, become that they brought you in here for something else. And so every week, it's kind of me just trying to figure out and remember what my value is, which is hard when you're a person who struggles with depression, and often doesn't feel all that valuable herself. So um, it's been a it's been tough. This job is not easy. It is probably the hardest job I've ever done in my life. And I don't know, I'm not good at it yet by my own standards. Um, I'm hoping I'll get there soon. But The main thing is to not suck so bad that you ruin something. I don't think I've ruined anything yet. Don't I mean, the Internet would disagree with me, but I firmly believe I have not ruined a game for anybody by saying six things.
2: Well, as someone who openly struggles with your own self-value and how you how you see yourself, especially in this new game, new market for yourself, do you find the frequency helps of like, okay, last game is in the past. Like, I, I can just get back in there next Friday and make it up internally. Is it, does the frequency help with that? That that twinge.
1: I think if it were more frequent, would be more helpful. I think if okay. it was like, if we did a series instead of a game. So if it was like, okay, you have the the Blue Jays Angels series, it would be like, okay, so Thursday this happened. Friday, this happened and by Saturday or Sunday, it's like, okay, I'm starting to get the hang of it. We know these guys, we know their storylines, we don't have to establish them anymore. We can now kind of just talk about them within the ecosphere of this series, um, which is why now my prep has evolved from reading a ton of stuff and writing things down to Uh, watching the games leading up Mm. to our series. And so I was telling you guys before we started recording that right now there's a Blue Jays game on, they're playing the Cardinals. And this is like the fourth Blue Jays game I've watched today because I went back and watched their games from earlier um, in the week to just try to get a sense of like, okay, coming into, since there's games every day, the other interesting thing about baseball is like a guy can have hit two home runs in a game and then a week later, the broadcast is saying that he's, terrible and doing terribly this season and you're like a week ago he had two home runs in a game like Bo Bichette right now is slumping quote-unquote but he's I'm watching games where he's hitting home runs so it's like helpful for me to I don't know observe it organically and make my own conclusions rather than try to listen to the conclusions other people have drawn for their broadcast or for their article um and and whatever so that's I don't know, I'm rambling.
0: It, well, no, is that like, is that, would you say that's one of the things that you've learned? Because I thought it was interesting, your first game, the first game you did was an Astros game, right? So mm. this one, coming back to this one, like, was that what you've probably found is the biggest change so far? Like, what have you, have you felt yourself get better at something through the course of that time that you were proud of or that you did enjoy?
1: I think this last week is an outlier just because... um the actual fans of the team we were covering are not big fans of mine and have not been quiet about that um, or respectful about it, if we're being completely honest. So I think that going into last week, it was like our first time getting teams we had had before, uh, which was helpful with the managers, helpful in the meetings of like, remember us? You know us now. Um but less helpful, it was also helpful for knowing players, but it wasn't as helpful for, uh, you know, carrying in, let's call it a grudge, and being sure not to let that, you know, inf- I'm not an idiot. I, I wasn't right. rooting against a team because their fans don't like me. But there, it, uh, the atmosphere was different and less comfortable, let's say. Oh,
0: hell yeah. yeah. Let's, I mean, we're all human. Like, no one's immune to that. There are games that you call where you understand, all right, I know my audience here is going to be a little bit less respective or, or a little bit less perceptive, or a little bit more hostile. Like, you just looking when
1: when thing. people are watching you, waiting for you to screw up. Yeah. There's something in your brain that screws up things that you normally wouldn't yeah. screw up. Where you're like, oh man, I'm giving them a thing. I gave them a thing, and I don't want to give them anything. Um, and so that's something I think if I were doing this for a while like if i were if this were my career now and i wanted to be a all the time baseball broadcaster it's something i would definitely get better at it's the interesting thing about you know this being essentially one season for me and i I don't know what the future is um it's like how much do i want to learn how to do specific like gather skills that will help me mostly just in this specific job and Mm -hmm. how much do I want to make sure I'm not like stepping back because it's weird. I'm an incredibly online person and throughout my whole career, because I came up in a, in a digital way, Twitter was such a big part of how I gathered an audience and maintained an audience. And I've tried to be a person on that website, because I feel like a lot of times you get a little blue check and you become a brand. And I feel like there's value to being a regular human person who like, you know, interacts with people or maybe like not, I don't, I try not to get in fights like I used to when I was younger on this website, but like answers people's things with like, Hey, let me explain to you where I'm coming from. And maybe you can see where I'm coming from now, obviously that doesn't always work but it's kind of the mentality I've approached it with. And this job has made that almost impossible because they're like, you're a broadcaster. You don't um, get in the mud. And I'm like, I live in the mud. I'm always in the mud. (laughs) So it's a a weird like line that you're not supposed to cross that I'm still trying to figure out um, how much I can be that version of myself in the booth and how much of that has to change in order to accommodate the job.
0: And it's hard because I kind of did a lot of the same things. I remember being in the booth with Dan Orlovsky once, we were calling a bowl game and even Dan was going on and seeing, all right, were people asking questions on Twitter and he would reference it on air. And I thought, Oh, that's pretty cool to use that as a tool to be able to mind social. And like you said, bridge that gap. But then all of a sudden I started noticing when people would say something shitty about me. And then the next quarter I have is terrible and I'm all inside my head about it. And It's a fine line of saying, hey, this can be a useful tool versus I got to protect myself and just be able to do the job as best I can.
1: Yeah, I've stopped checking it during games. Uh, Nelly does. I don't blame you. And I don't know how Nelly does because he does a million things during the game. Um, But he'll open Twitter and like scroll through and I'll just hit him and I'm like, don't do do that. (laughs) Don't look at that. (laughs) Stop. Do not do that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's specific fan bases that I've flagged that I definitely won't be. And then there's others where I'm like, you know what? I could try it I can check the website and then if I see anything that even looks a little bit I can just close it um, but yeah it's it really is the hardest part of this job for me is figuring out like how to be it, I think it's very hard the idea I have in my head of what Katie Nolan in the booth is is very hard to put into practice mm-hmm. um, because especially after I don't know the pandemic I feel like made me turned my body into like a, an open wound and now I'm walking out into the air and it's like every time the wind blows, I'm like, ow, 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 ow. Like I know it will scab over eventually, but uh, right now people are actively poking me with sticks and it's like, ow, all right, okay. Um, but I keep coming back to the idea that it's like, look, it's a, a booth which, is, which can exist as two people. Um, so being the third, it's like how much can a third person really you shouldn't it's extra. So it shouldn't matter if you don't like love them. They're not really there for that. The job is being done by the other two. The third person is there to be extra. I don't know. I have a million thoughts about all of it.
0: Well, the one thing I was curious about because there's the reception from fans, which is always going to be interesting. I just, and and like, I, I don't mean to do this selfishly, but it was just a kind of a comparative thing. I thought about when I saw some of the things you had talked about dealing with managers, because one thing that settled me down really early on into calling games was when I started to talk to coaches who had encountered something I did elsewhere. Like when I was doing 4 to 6 a.m. radio, a lot of them are up at the ass crack of dawn. And so I'd talk to assistant coaches or position coaches who had been up and listening. And I was like, oh, okay. Like that kind of calmed me down a little bit. And I know you had the two, like a couple of interesting moments. The one with Arizona was uh, uh, Tori Lavello, Lavello, their manager. Uh, went with the homage. Can you explain that one? The homage to the garbage time bit that you did walking into your meeting?
1: We, walk, we were going into the meeting and he was actually coming out of his office when we were walking in. We were going into the clubhouse through this door and he came out and he was like, I'll be right back. I'm just going to run and grab something. Uh, and he alluded to the fact that he had beers in his office for me. And normally when we approach a manager, I kind of like shrink into my body and uh, let the other people say like, Hey, how are your kids? Cause they all know each other. And I'm just kind of the person who's like, hi, sorry, I'm here, but I will ask you a couple good questions once we get in there, but I'm not like opening with it's me. (laughs) I just assume nobody knows me and I'm happy to blend in. And he said, I have beers for you. And I was like, what and he was like yeah i got six beers i'm trying to locate straws and i was like there's no way that he's referencing but seven years ago which by the way is a number that i only learned when i googled the clip to, to find it, wow. and i was like damn it's been seven years but seven years ago and i believe it was right before garbage time i think it was for no filter which was our online only show um we were talking about how this was back when mad bum was chugging beers Um, but really he was just pouring them on his face. And I think he was doing, was it like he was doing progressively more beers and people were like, he did five this game. And it's like, no, he didn't do five. He did like two and a half tops because most of it is on the ground. And so I, you know, made the argument that you should chug six beers and get every last drop. And the only way to do that would be to use straws. And so I built this big straw contraption and then proceeded to chug, six beers and then about three beers in realized that chugging six beers that quickly would make you really, really drunk. (laughs) Um, So over the course of the video, I'm clearly slurring and getting more and more drunk. (laughs) But he had seen that and he got the six beers and the six straws. And not only that, but the most important part to me was that he goes, am I like the fifth person to do this to you? (laughs) And I was like, uh, no, um, No. most other people are like who's she what's she doing here uh it, and so it was a very cool moment that made me feel like oh okay like I you forget sometimes that like if they want to look into it they can and there's a bunch of stuff on the internet that'll tell them exactly who I am because I've been exactly me for the most part um for my whole job so that part that was very very cool Um, And then I got to ask him the question I wanted to ask, which was when he first got to the Diamondbacks, he did an interview and somebody said, what books have you been reading? Which that person clearly Googled a question that tells you something about who a person is. Because that's not a question you ask a coach because the coach is reading the book on the team he just got hired by. Like, there's no way he's (laughs) just out here reading for fun. And so he had referenced two books and was like, "I'm, I'm gonna get into these. I haven't gotten into them yet, but I'm going to. This was years ago. So in the interview, I was like, do you ever get around to reading those books? <laughs> and he <laughs> had, so he wins. Uh, but crazy. part of me wanted him to be like, no.
2: But well, how does how does that how does that cool moment individualize for Katie Nolan? How does that get dwarfed by just one dumb comment on Twitter? I it's know the not, answer to it's that. Not one, it's not
1: I one because it's not one. I, I yeah. wish it was one. The <laughs> one I retweeted was like retweetable. It wasn't even um it wasn't even that bad, which is why a lot of people were like, this isn't that bad. I'm like, oh, you didn't see uh, the first time we did. And it went on for days. That was my issue with that fan base, was that it they kept going. They came mm. back to the second game to keep going. And I know that like hate views or something that in sports TV hate views are views. And so you just take them and you're grateful for the numbers. But again, as a non numbers lady, uh, I don't care how many people necessarily are watching. I want the people who are watching to understand what I'm about and to feel like I've added value to their viewing of a game. And so having people like yelling very loudly Um, on the internet about me in a conversation I can't participate in in any way. And then uh, the people, the other people who would normally be like, that's not that bad aren't watching because it's a, you know, Friday night during hockey playoffs or whatever. So it's, um, and NBA playoffs. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's just a, it's tough it was really tough to see that amount of hate and that amount of like who is this person which is like come on man I've been working for a while now I'm not new anymore um my bones creak in a way that lets me know I'm not the spring chicken <laughs> so like I'm not a put, or, put some respect on my name type of person but and at points it was like can I get a tiny bit of respect on mm. my name like yeah. the yeah. tiniest Just little put a bit of respect yeah, yeah, just a little dash of respect mm-hmm. on my name, yeah. because like I've, I've somebody important thought I was qualified for this job. And so let's all find out together if I can do the thing mm-hmm. that I think we all would like me to pull off. Um,
2: well, let me say uh, you have the, you have the tools. I saw the mm-hmm. pin you're holding and we, uh, we had a little uh, school supply draft. Uh, yesterday's episode. Now, the pen Shout that you're out. holding this is guy. one of those. It's one of those quad- old oh, the- school, yes, multi quad- multi color, multi-color, oh. uh, different ink. You 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 click down to whatever ink you want to draw. And I want to ask: Is this Good specific for base? If is this is this specific for baseball? Because in 2016, uh, I was working with Fox uh, MLB. We were both there at that point in time. But they had the All Star Game in San Diego, and I went and did a live stream with. Joe Buck and John Schmoltz and the entire
1: one. Smoltz definitely Smoltz, uses one. But it was
2: Joe Joe jo, jo Buck had had it. Really? And, and, and every, the entire stream, everyone kept talking about this magical, elusive pen that I don't even see in stores, but I've only seen it around the baseball elite. Like No, it wasn't pen? from
1: this. This was my so my lucky pen is like this, but is not this one. It's like an OG one of these that I found on my desk back when I worked at Embassy Row when I was doing garbage time. It like showed up one day. And I remember in school when I was younger, I'd always wanted one of these, but either I couldn't. Didn't find them or they like my mom was like no those are stupid here's some regular Bic pens uh so I never had one and so when that pen showed up on my desk and nobody claimed it after a week I was like this is my pen now and I still have it it's broken but it's in my bag in two pieces um still works which is fascinating the ink on it has not run out but I really only ever use red and black those are my main ones this one is a replacement that I got um, I want to say they sent it to me because I think I talked about it and Bic was like, here have a bunch but what's crazy is they've replaced the green ink with purple, oh, purple? ink oh, and I'm wow. a big purple guy so um, like I'm very that. happy. So this one's red, blue, purple and black and the purple's kind of like a light purple but the green one was always very hard to read anyway because it was too yeah, light true. Um, But so it's not just for baseball, but I have found it really helpful for baseball because I am getting back into something my dad taught me to do when I was growing up, which is score games and, you know, keep score in a scorebook. And having the multicolor pens is helpful for like, oh, if it's an out, you can write it in red ink. And if it's, you know, RBI is purple. Damn. So um, I've... love these pens. I swear by them. And I think they're underrated
0: sweet part of calling games is the different utensils you get to use. My favorite is the highlighter. I I love highlighting shit. Oh, you get, Oh my God. So each week
1: in my notebooks, (laughs) so I have, you know, a million notebooks, but I, and I take notes, but I, I pick a color that's closest to. So this week we have the Blue Jays and the Angels. So it's I, my blue highlighter is anytime I write down something that's for the Blue Jays. Yep. And my pink one is anytime I write down something that's about the Angels. That way I can just keep a stream of consciousness oh, running nice. notes. And then uh, later I can organize them based off of their highlighted colors.
2: Now you're doing line paper over there or grid paper? Like what's, yeah, the, what's this the notebook is, papers going this on?
1: is So what that's I did line. was I bought a bunch of notebooks right before I got this job without knowing I was getting this job. And then I just kind of started writing in it. And so this is like every week.
2: That's beautiful. Filled
1: with different, but then I did this with this other notebook, not to get too dorky in the weeds here, but I put tabs on it of all the different teams. So every team has its own section. Originally in my mind, I was going to go through and like write down all the starters for every team and have their depth chart and their schedule. And I got like three teams in and I was like, this is useless work until I get to the team. (laughs) There's no need for me to know all that information until I get to the team. So now you can tell which teams I've done and I'll have like, you know, their schedule and if they've won or if they lost and who they've got coming up next and if they're road or if they're home and then all these random notes about the people that play on the team. So, I mean, they're kind of a mess but at least this one has a little structure to it. And then you'll see if they show the booth during the game, it's me with just a ton of notebooks looking at information and deciding if it's time to say it out loud. Uh, My goal this week, like I said, is to put less information in front of me so that I can actually just watch the game and say what I would say before I freaked out and thought I needed to know everybody's numbers of everything all the time.
0: It is an exhaustive amount of work that you put in. Like, I hope, if nothing else people see how much this they matters don't. to you they don't
1: I promise you they don't I, I know wish so they so. would I promise well, you. sell the
2: notebook sell the notebook people let I, people see it no
1: because there's some notes in here that they can't see I'll show you one specifically if you promise <laughs> this, video clip. this was right after they we we uh did a game featuring this team um and I just made a note for myself <laughs>
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, that's a note that you definitely wouldn't want to share and yeah, so at, you know, at so the it, top of the page but it's but it's your notebook and mm-hmm. you're allowed to do I've those i also things.
1: started draw. this is me drawing the grips for pitches oh my so god that I can a, oh my, Katie,
0: you can draw
1: dude oh. i'm getting no i've just copied i literally looked at a screen and copied i'm trying to get better at noticing pitches before they tell you what it is before they're like that one's the that was a cutter i want to get a better Katie, eye for it you Katie, are, that
0: is That is to me, by the way, the single most impressive thing that anyone in a baseball booth does is immediately ID pitches. It's
1: me too. And that's why I'm like, ooh. so there's got to be a way to do it. So I have to get a little bit better at doing it. And I have, I now have this, you know, the MLB app, not to shill for the (laughs) the company I work for essentially, but um, the app will give you, you can watch the strike zone. It'll show you the pitches as if you're the batter and tell you like, it was this fast. It was this pitch. And so I'll watch just the, the batter's box and I'll try to call or I'll watch the game. I'll try to call what the pitch was and then I'll check my work. I'm being like, Oh, I was right. Or, Oh, I was wrong. I'm not doing great. You know, I'm batting like 300, but it's, I'm, it's better than it was last week. And so that's listen, progress.
0: Listen, to make the joke that everyone makes about anything relative to baseball, if you're batting 300, you're an all star. It's really, yeah. It's say, really that's bad that's bad. pretty good. But, but, in baseball, I mean, for right?
1: me, but yeah, but this isn't baseball. So it's like getting things right. You don't want to be batting 300 at getting things right. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's for myself. Uh, the other thing that app does is I can watch all these games. And if they have two man booths, I've been practicing, I've been being the third man in their two man booth. Uh, it's much more fun. <laughs> it's just Maybe. like making jokes to nobody uh, about things and enjoying myself. So. Well,
0: and that's that's going to be the key is once you just start doing that in the
1: book. Yeah, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to get to the part. You know what I mean? Where you're like, yep. you know, working on your training wheels and you're getting frustrated and then they pull them off and you're just like, I'm riding a bike now. That yep. moment and I'm hoping it's within the next 3 weeks. Uh and then I'm flying. I'll it'll be awesome. But you know, we had a thing where like Hunter took a couple, he had two weeks that he couldn't do it. So we had a different team and that screwed up things. I think we're gonna we're on a roll now, and I think it's just gonna get better and better and better.
0: Maybe. I can say do you, do, you, and I mean, obviously, I, I'm sure you wouldn't slander them on. You, I hate but, like, them
1: both as people. Yeah. No, they're the booth is awesome. Steven Nelson has done uh, hockey play-by-play he's done baseball play-by-play he's incredible and he also every day is like i suck and you're like you don't you need to believe me you do not suck you do everything the his ability to like take a card from someone's hand and read what it says and seamlessly work that into what he was already saying while also being set up to we're going to break and he has to throw us to and make it sound good and interesting like he's just so so good and then hunter pence knows everything there is to know about baseball and Heidi Watney on the field knows everyone she knows everyone she knows everyone's kids names she remembers like oh how was the trip you guys went on to to disney and like they just she's got a relate a working relationship with every single person uh and it's, it's awesome working with people who are this talented. It's also very intimidating because you're like, I'm never gonna remember everyone's kids. I'm never gonna remember, you know, I'm never gonna be able to spot a pitch the second they pitch it. It's just like comparing yourself to the people you work with is tough. Um, but again, it all comes back to that. Like, that's why they're here. Yep. Why are you here? Um, and so we're working on answering that. Also, can we talk about this,
0: about yeah. what we did with this? So yeah, why don't we get to this? Because this is now the second bottle of or bit of alcohol that a major league manager has given you. And... Yeah,
1: the beers I couldn't take, which was the hardest part when somebody gives you six beers with uh, straws in the middle of an interview and you like laugh at it and then you're leaving and you're like, do I pick them up? Do I?
0: (laughs) Let me have them beers.
1: Do I take one? Is it rude if I leave them? Like I ended up leaving them on his desk and being Uh, like, do we
0: drink them during the meeting?
1: Right. I'm like, should we crack one open now? I didn't know what to do, but this, so we went to, you know, Dusty Baker, the manager of the Astros, the sweetest guy, just a wonderful guy um he was telling us about how he has uh wine because he had boxes of wine in his office and a a wine rack and uh he said that some of the grapes, depending on, you know, which varietal you're talking about, some of them are, like, in his backyard and that he, like, does work on them, which I was like, you need oh. to take days off. You shouldn't be doing that. Spraying
0: grapes? Yeah, what like, an
1: raising an- grapes is difficult. What an
0: adorable hobby, though.
1: I know, I know. And he also had an uh. injury last year, I think it was, last year, but because he was fishing and because he caught a huge fish and he wouldn't let it go, and he, like, sprained a, something in his leg.
0: What an elite so, like, dad tightest. injury. It mean, I feel- really is. My father is going to listen to this and be more jealous of a person than maybe he's ever been knowing Dusty caught a big enough fish to hurt himself. I
1: know. And he showed us the fish and it was bigger than I thought it was going to. It was like even bigger than the fish you were picturing.
0: Which is a thing that you and Dusty have in common, catching fish bigger than any fish my dad's caught.
1: It's also a thing that you and my dad can bond over. I mean, me and your dad can bond over.
0: Okay, there we go. There you there go. We go, she got
1: there. <laughs> Sorry, so, I'm trying so, to pull wine out of this cork. So, Wait, wait a minute,
2: are, were, yeah. are they big? Are they big? Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: we were <laughs> leaving, a trophy leaving his office after it was over and uh, and I basically wanted to try his wine, but I was in no way implying that I wanted some of his wine. And I was like, so can I buy this just like in the store? You know, just like distro questions about like, are you guys in national stores or do I have to buy it (laughs) online? Like,
2: how do
1: I get uh, Baker family wines into my hands as a consumer? And he was like, take some. And I was like, no, no, thank you. That's, I didn't, is that what it sounded like I was asking? I apologize. I just want to get some. And also I wanted to be able to say on the broadcast, like you can get, it's called Baker Family Wines and you can buy it at, I don't know, maybe he's got a deal with Costco. I don't know anything. And so I was like, no, no, it's okay. And he got up from his desk and he was like, take some. And he was like, bring Heidi back in here. We'll give her a bottle too. And I was like, okay. So I was like, which one should I take? And he was like, here, let me pick you out. And he went to his rack of wine, Mm. not the boxes. Mm. He went to the rack of wines and was like, the Pinot Noir is my favorite. And he gave me a bottle of his Pinot Noir. So I have it here. The label is awesome. Oh, it's got like a a baseball. Yeah, it's so cool. And um, I had told you guys I was going to crack it open and drink it on this podcast because I hadn't drank it yet. Um, But I have lost my wine key. (laughs) So I couldn't get into it. Thought a screwdriver would help was wrong. And so what I've done is I poked a hole in the middle of the cork and now I'm just kind of pulling from it like a hamster. (laughs) But it's delicious. You know what? I was gonna (laughs) I was gonna like cork.
0: That's how you know it's good. Mm -hmm. Which is that aerating
1: it Mm. then? I don't know what it's doing. I'll tell you, it's putting pieces of cork in my mouth. (laughs) But I kind of like taking a sip and then like spitting it out like it's seeds you know sunflower yeah, seeds yeah it yeah, makes
2: exactly. me feel like i'm one oh, of one of them
1: <laughs> and and i also love that uh gojo is pulling from his bottle even though he doesn't need to because it's a twist off
0: yeah, yeah i uh, i definitely cheated because we wanted to do it out of solidarity we thought this right. was going to mm-hmm. be a thing before katie just absolutely brutalized that cork and was yeah. forced to siphon it out of the bottle man i
1: lost that wine key so long ago and because i really don't drink in the house anymore because dan my boyfriend is um What do you say? Sober? But he's not. I mean, he does other things, but he's California sober, I believe is the medical term. That's what it is. That Um, is, yes. And so I, I just haven't needed it. And it's always been exactly where I've left it. And now I have no clue where it is.
0: And yeah, our pod- our podcast prep for this interview was me YouTubing how to orp open a wine bottle with I've done that in so key. many hotel
1: rooms. In hotel rooms they're like, oh, put it in a shoe and bang the shoe against the wall. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, Bill Nye. I'm not gonna make that happen. It's not possible for me.
0: What the, heck? God, I, that's just a recipe for me smashing a bottle of wine against the wall of the hotel room. And as someone who's broken a hotel remote, fit yes. Oh
1: no, while trying buddy. to do it with a bottle of wine, I, I broke it and uh so that'll never try that again. So, you know,
2: it doesn't work, right?
1: Yes. The benefit of this though, this method, the Katie Nolan method, which is again, uh, taking a dirty screwdriver and shoving it down the middle of the cork, creating oh, a, that's hole. a small hole too. Not the first time I've heard that. Um, <laughs> The benefit of this is it it makes you slow down. I can't drink too fast. Oh, you know wow. it's like a it's like a sippy cup, so it's kind of like regulating my intake. Which I feel like, as a person who hasn't really drank that much lately, this will be this is good for me.
2: It's helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as uh, Mike, you always pimp out uh, reasons for us to get ratings reviews. Uh, tell us the last time that you. <laughs> <laughs> drink, drink a wine bottle oh, uh, with the, with a cork in it. Oh, oh yeah, Katie, no, where are you going? You were no, I yeah, where are you say, going, Katie? When
1: was the last time that I heard that that's a pretty small hole? <laughs> <theory>. <laughs> Please no. do
0: not leave us comments or reviews about that. For the love of God, don't make me sift through that minefield of comments.
1: Why? I have Tell us to. how tiny you are. It's about time the misogyny starts to affect you. <laughs> that,
0: that, is, that is true. Me, cis white oh. male complaining about having to deal oh. with something online.
1: No, it's oh, awful. I hope God. nobody ever has to deal with it ever again. I've also well, another cool part of this job while we're here. I've met a lot of women, cool women that work around teams, like a lot of the beat writers or like the in-stadium um, announcers. Yes. And they're all just like very welcoming and very kind. Um, and I love that. So shout out women is what I'm saying.
0: If you uh, oh, Have man. you done a game uh, in Chicago at uh, Wrigley for the Cubs yet this year? mm So if you get to that point, to that end, Taylor McGregor works for the RSN out there, was the sideline reporter on the crew I was on this fall. She has been covering the Cubs there for a long time and is one of the kindest, smartest, nicest people I've ever met. So if you're in Chicago and get a chance, you and Taylor would get along famously. Hi, Taylor. Here's what I'm going to
1: do. Hi, Taylor. I'm going to flip to my Chicago Cubs page. There we go. And I'm going to write her name down so that I remember to find her.
0: It's real because
1: I made this notebook myself, the um the little tabs don't really work that well.
0: <laughs> they See, fold so, into
1: each other, and it's very hard to find them.
0: This is interesting to me. You've done none of this on the computer, right? This is all hand. No, there's notes.
1: stuff. No, there's stuff in my in my computer too. A lot of times, the ideal is I'm gonna. I like writing stuff down because I'm an yep. old lady. Um, and so I feel, and I'm faster. I'm faster writing things down than I am typing them. My fingers get clumsy when I type the goal is write the things down while I encounter them and then input them into some organized structure in my Google docs. But the organizing is where um, my ADD makes it very difficult Mm. to do. And so sometimes I'll organize them in a way I think is perfect. And then in the game, I'm like, okay, I can't have seven documents open. This is way too difficult. Um, But the goal is to eventually input this into that and cut out the stuff that I don't need and identify just the stuff that I do.
0: Can, can I, t- and I don't mean I to keep greater. bringing up my dad to like-
1: I'd, I'd love first. you to, yeah. I
0: only say because that style. So my dad, the system he has for note-taking for college football that he used last year was he would type notes out on his computer. He would print them out. He would have those. And then once he got done with a game, he would take the printed version, mm-hmm. put it into a filing drawer Sorry? and then delete the file on his computer completely. So it no longer existed,
1: but that feels backwards.
0: It's, it is. and, And I said as much, but fast forward. So I did all college football season and I took notes on my computer and I put mine on the OneDrive saving system. So ESPN will give you the Microsoft suite and it saves to this cloud service they have so that I could access it on my laptop. If I opened it up on a work computer, I could get it anywhere. And I had all my notes from the last like four seasons on there, and draft Mm -hmm. notes, and all these things, all of a sudden. As I leave ESPN, I'm going to get ready for the draft and I go back and try and open and access these notes and I am locked out completely. So every note I have taken on a player or team since I arrived at ESPN is no longer accessible to me. And my dad is cackling, asking me if I want to borrow his goddamn typed out notes in his So you couldn't
1: contact them and be like, can you print out the notes that I put on your system so that I can have them?
0: Uh, no, and that was honestly more work than I was willing to do on that front. Damn. I sent like two emails, and then I sort of washed my hands of it and said, "This will just be starting a new chapter." But Damn. my dad's dumbass system for doing that—that that backwards, archaic thing—ended yeah. up being the one. pissed.
1: Wow. Well, I save all mine on my personal, so it's not going to be a problem. My issue is is the paper. I'm going to have so much paper that uh, I need to input it into a digital. Place. I just wish I had a better system. I feel like I have yet, even though I'm what, 34, I have yet to encounter like, okay, this is how I'm meant to take notes. This is the way that works. It feels like every time I'm like, okay, so I'll bold this and I'll make sure that this one is, and highlight means this and bold means this. And it's just, it ends up becoming this sea of information. That I'm like, cool, you copied the internet down onto a piece of paper. And now what it's, you might as well have (laughs) access to all of it on the internet. Like what you need to get better at picking like, this is gonna matter, I'm gonna need this. This matters, I need this. And anything you don't have on your notes that you need, you can look up. Problem is that MLB um, network wireless or whatever that we have in the stadium, not always reliable. So sometimes I'm Googling something and I'm like, it's just a load screen. I don't have anything for this. the answer is just on the other side of this wall, but I can't scale it. What and God the window is, is
2: closing to speak the window
1: has closed and then sometimes I'll, you'll hear, hear me say something that's like six batters ago and it's like oh her google must have just started working." <laughs> well not google don't say google i don't know if i can say google My oh, app- yeah.
2: right 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 At- safari apple search feature. that's my uh, uh,
1: second hardest thing about this job is remembering that it's like oh you're not supposed to name other because yes. you because it's a so
2: yeah. Tim Cook, yes.
1: I'm supposed yeah. to say social media says instead ah. of specifically naming which social media You is did not. it earlier.
2: You said I, I checked the app, and I was like, mm. still, we're still talking about Twitter, right?
1: I'm training. I'm training myself. <laughs> yeah. It's tough.
0: As she siphons more wine. Uh, Katie, we were talking about like your reaction to stuff on social media, and I only ask you this because I asked Adam Amin the same question when we had him on and i'm always fascinated by people's reaction has like your experience with social media around sporting games like this changed any of the way that like you look at cover or perceive the athletes that you're covering now and what they deal with huh. have you thought more about any of that
1: i feel like i've always been um yeah. at least or i've liked to think of myself as on the side of like you know when somebody tweets about their fantasy football team and they tweet death threats at someone for missing a catch i've always been on the team of like this is stupid. Why would you do this? Um, so I wouldn't say it's changed the way I think of it. I do think it has, um, I don't know, it's uh, something I keep jokingly saying to, to Dan is that at the end of all of this, if, if I decide I'm not going to do this, the thing that will come out of it for me is I'll write uh, I don't know, not a book. I don't think it would be enough for a book, but I'll write like a, a review, a blog or something of every fan base I interacted with. Because mm. seeing, the, seeing their worst uh, when they're mad at you and when they're, the tough thing is they're all live tweeting their game. So it's like they're an online community and they're, they're all kind of together adding into the conversation about you. And it becomes the like, I need to have something mean to say about this person so I can participate in this conversation. So yes. it snowballs. It has helped me see the snowball effect because I feel like I haven't interacted with that in a while. It's like I'll get one person who says something mean over here and then a person who's never met that other person and doesn't have any emotional connection to them over here saying something mean about me. This is like a family that doesn't like you. And Mm -hmm. so they're like kind of bouncing off of each other and like looking for things and mistakes that you're like, that's not, you wouldn't have noticed that if you weren't actively trying to find something about me that you didn't like. So like that, that part of it, I don't know why athletes have any social media, uh, at all. That's
0: always my thing is like, man, what these players deal with some of them on a daily basis when I, I don't know, man, it's
1: It's crazy. It's it's crazy also how easy it is to make someone feel like they don't belong somewhere that they clearly belong because they were invited to be there. Um, and (laughs) And so it's like this it shouldn't make it shouldn't work that well, but it does where it's just you start to doubt. And I feel like for an athlete, doubt is toxic. If you start to doubt, you'll lose everything because then you're it compounds upon itself, and then you start to doubt everything, and then you're questioning every move you make and you know, you're a professional athlete, you got to where you are, a lot of it's muscle memory, you've learned so much, and then you kind of just let the game come to you. And so if you start getting in your head, if the game's not going to come to you, you're going to keep trying to go get it. And uh, it's not going to that doesn't usually work out to keep pressing when you should just be, you know, relaxed and letting it come to you. So I don't know how athletes um, have social media, or ever check it or uh, interact with it ever.
2: Well, wow. that's why I think your idea for this uh, blog manifesto coming at the see, the- see
1: manifesto is a good word, but at the same time, yeah. it's like
2: oh, oh yes, yes, you yes. know, Harry. it's like an icky. Yeah. But Harry. it is if I, if yes. there were
1: a way of doing a manifesto without it sounding like I was uh, mad, it's more just yeah. like obs- observing them and being like, well, hey, the worst ones of this fan base are this. The worst ones of this fan base are this because you'll right. notice trends where there's like fan bases who don't really dip into the misogyny. And then there's fan bases who were born in it and they thrive right. in it and they, they won't run away from it. Uh, it. And so, you know, I keep notes. That's- well, cause
2: if you, if you zoom out, if every, uh, every baseball, baseball fan, sports fan in general, if you zoom out, you realize you really hate these other teams because of the fan base. It's mm-hmm. it's less of the player and what they did. And it's more of the fan base and them just being asses. And I particularly right now am a little perturbed with the yankees fan base after this whole josh donaldson situation uh, and tim anderson and it's just what that's it's just one of those things in a time where baseball uh baseball participation from african-americans has started to decline in the last two decades this is another one of those little just little inklings this is like oh they're not ready it's it's just it's, it's, it's it, and it's, and it's not and it seems like the fans are not ready for it so what are you doing And it's it weird for?
1: because like the 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 not to dive into the weeds of this topic but it, it seems like you know the thing that that was about right was a reference to Jackie Robinson uh one that one side of the debate says the reason that it was used against him was because it was a stupid thing for him to have said uh at the same time or a lot of that side weirdly is saying like very supportive quote unquote of Jackie Robinson and his legacy while also screaming at Tim Anderson. And it's like, it feels a lot like when you see somebody who has controversial opinions about say Colin Kaepernick, but on Martin Luther King day, they post a quote and it's like, yeah, it's the, it's the past versus the now it's the, the love you when you're dead type mentality. Right. That is very frustrating that there's no self-awareness of like, okay, maybe it would have been silly, maybe you disagree. And I think when Tim Anderson gave that quote, if I recall correctly, he said, I know this sounds kind of crazy to say, but I feel sometimes like Jackie Robinson, which in context, isn't that wild, but it got turned into a headline that he calls himself the Jackie Robinson of fun, which he never said. And then people start mocking that. And then they double down and feel entitled to be like, but you should never have said that. And it's like, okay, erase all of that. Even if you believe that's true, calling a black man in a sport whose black players are, like there are less black players than there were. And at the beginning there were none. And it was a whole thing. (laughs) Calling him by the name of another black man is going to, is like dicey. At best. So it's like just don't do that and don't fall over yourself online to defend a guy who did that, especially a guy who has a reputation around the league as like being in his own world and just not following anybody's rules and just kind of being, I believe, I'm quoting a player here, I just don't remember which player said it, a douche. (laughs) So it's like what are we tripping over ourselves to argue and i know from you know being online for forever it's because people relate to the person that they could be the one in that situation so like yes. white people watching are like i could be accused right. of calling being racist for something that i didn't mean to be racist and then they get really defensive as if it's them and it's like the way to not do that is to if that happens sincerely apologize because if it's being perceived that way by somebody arguing and having other people back you up online arguing that like he didn't mean it that way you're just being sensitive and you're the problem it's like that's not um the the attitude of somebody who's sorry and made a mistake which it sounds like he wants people to think is what happened so right the whole thing i know it's a mess well you knocked that one um,
2: out of the park i'll say
1: oh my god a baseball analogy thank you so much
0: look at that guy look at him go (laughs) Look at her I, I can show this. you
1: how full this still is. Like I'm yeah, barely but... getting any of it every time I. I keep get getting thrown
0: off because you are going vertical Thinking on this sips. bottle. Yeah, yeah, it it's looks nothing. like you are absolutely draining this bottle, and then I realize you are trying to siphon it.
1: and I'm, it is not I don't want to use the word sucking because it never ends well for me. No, I just yeah. I am sucking the wine out of this bottle. <laughs> <It sighs>
0: I is made the it hole is. a little bigger. Okay.
1: There
0: we go. And?
2: Hey, had a dollar for every time I heard that.
1: <laughs>
0: it's good. You can't make the whole go- whole joke and then poo-poo his whole joke. I know. His
1: whole joke was good, too. It was a good whole joke. Yes. Uh,
0: how's Myrtle dealing with all this, mm. by the way?
1: Dude, this time, so she just came home uh, yesterday. She got dropped off by Ebony, the woman who takes care of her. And this time, she was so, like... Where were you? I missed you. She's been like snuggly for two straight days and it has been the absolute best. It's also making it very difficult to like, okay, I gotta go again. (laughs) Like every Thursday I'm like, okay, bye. I hate it. It's the worst part. I wanna take her with me, but she's so afraid of a car. I know she'll just freeze up on a plane and it would be uh, a mess. But get get
2: that little baby high. get some cbd in in, in murder's life
1: cbd does not do anything for her she accidentally Mm -hmm. had three of her cbd treat which she's supposed to have two of and she was up and adam the only thing i found that calms her down weirdly is a playlist of music that i can't stand listening to she just falls right asleep at the exact same part in the exact same song every time what song Um, it's, I think it's like a Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer or Hans Zimmerman. Is that a person? Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those. Uh,
2: that's really cute though.
1: Yeah. She's a sweetie. She's an absolute sweetie. She's so fluffy.
0: Is, um, is this the most you've traveled for work ever? Like consistently?
1: My off the top of my head. I'm like, yes, absolutely. I'm trying to think if there's a time that anything came kind of close to this, but, Yeah, once a week to the opposite coast is the most I've ever traveled. Like, six-hour flights twice a week. Has Uh, it
0: turned you into a massive media travel douche like the rest of us yet? No, not yet. Where you're, like, obsessed with amassing, like, certain points with certain airlines and having lounge access and talking about it with other people? Also,
1: lounge access, it feels like they've made it impossible to achieve because I have a ton of miles with a ton of airlines and it's still, like... Only a couple more to get a, a free guest pass. And I'm like, Listen, oh no, no, I want access.
2: The first time I did lounge was, was with your boy Gojo here and that shit.
1: Do you pay Ooh. for it? I feel like you have to pay separately so, for it.
0: So the the real hack with the lounge that I got before this last season was you can buy lounge access with miles. And so huh. I had a surplus of miles. Got myself lounge access, and I go in and rob them blind. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Every of, like, time I go and, in, yeah. Oh, co- I will. I will never pay for a coffee in an airport that has lounge in it ever again. I but will is go the coffee and- good? It 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 serves the purpose. Yeah. I I it serves the purpose as does everything in there. I'm like. Shoveling hard boiled eggs and random. Oh, yeah. it's That's disgusting. But it's, it's on principle. I have yeah, to make that money it. back from them. Sure.
1: Yeah. No, I get it. I'm not that bad yet. I fly, I try to fly out of Newark as much as possible because I feel like it's A, the easiest for me to get to because I'm in Hoboken, but B, uh, it just is. There are some terminals in JFK where your gate is like six miles away mm-hmm. from you. You pass yep. two Shake Shacks and you're like, all right, this is too much. <laughs> I <laughs> have so far left to go and it's just too much. And so Newark is like flying out of a VFW hall. There's like three spots it can be. It all looks like, is this where I'm supposed to go? And it is. And it's great. Um And obviously I'm super lucky because uh, they fly me business class. So it's, I can't complain. It's a lot better than having to do it in like a middle seat. It also gives me six hours of unabated, like you have to read about, you have to research, you have to prep. You've got six hours of what else are you going to do? So just do it. Um, yeah, because it
0: really seems like you're not prepping a ton in the no, other yeah, days. No, yeah, no, I definitely oh. haven't
1: devoted every minute of my life to baseball.
2: Right. <laughs> so I, I was going to say, you said you're you're uncertain about the future. The prep that you're doing right now is just like yeah. the beginning of someone who's going to be in the Hall of Fame for calling baseball games. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's just, you're not like,
1: counting, you're not remembering that my memory is, a it just, wipes itself every day. So I wake up and it's, these are new people again. I don't have the recall for the job, but I'm not gonna let that deter me. I'm gonna just take every note I've ever taken in my whole life. And then the thing about this, watching the actual games, it's like, oh, I'm enjoying it again. I'm like enjoying watching baseball as opposed to like reading about baseball and then watching one game and having to Mm. be on for it. I'm like enjoying just watching baseball on my own time. I can play the game from the night before today because i don't i'm not actually following the team as a fan i'm following it as like i want to watch the playing of the game i want to see like the the stat line will say he went six innings but like was he struggling in the fifth did they leave him in how many mound visits were there like all the things that i like seeing uh and tell the story for me better than stats um so i'm just like enjoying watching
0: that's that's interesting to me so you do still very much because like I mean, shit, even at the, the end of my time at ESPN coming off the fall, there were days where I came home and I was like, I just want to watch anything but a sport yeah. right now. I You're get that. i right now, though.
1: Well, so I took – I did what you did um, the last, like, year, last year or two yeah. years. Like, it, it all timed out that, like, things at ESPN for me were very clearly – like, the writing was on the wall. It was over. Um, Tom Brady left the Patriots. Mm. Uh, and um, – the Red Sox traded Mookie Betts. I feel like those all happened pretty closely within each other. Mm -hmm. And it was just kind of this moment where I was like, look, you grew up loving sports. You've now then you were, you made it your job. You worked in sports. And now what if you tried to take a little break from sports and see if you want to go back to watching it, if you still like have that pull, or if you're just kind of going through the motions at this point, because part of me was like, if I'm going through the motions, I owe it to not just myself, but people that want to consume my content to like, not go through the motions, you don't want to turn into a person who's just like, yeah, this is happening and blah, 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 like, you want the love of the thing to still be there because that's the majority of my value is that like I'm curious and I'm interested so if I'm no longer interested then let's just find that out so I took my break and then when I got this offer I was like "Mm, I don't know I don't know if I have the because I've taken time off from it I don't know if I can just jump right in with the ease I would have been able to had I maintained but what it did do for me is like now when I watch games I'm like into them like dan will sometimes come in and i'll be watching like a random diamondbacks game from the middle of the week and i'm like wait 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 don't say anything this guy if this guy can't like throw this down in the middle here this is going to be insane like he'll just be like what who cares why do you care and i was like this is it matters like i get into it still so i think that's because i took my little break and so i'm i'm on one half of me is upset with myself for taking the break because it was not good in terms of me having operating knowledge. But then on the other half of me, I'm like, look, 2020 was a shortened season. And a lot of these guys who were in the minors, that whole season was canceled. Mm-hmm. And then 2021, same thing. It was like a weirder. So it's like, it's, it, I didn't miss a ton. Um, but what it gave me back was this like genuine excitement for when sports happens, you know?
0: Well, it, you've talked about all those like, the intimate moments of the game, like the actual human moments that happen that don't show up on a stat sheet. I know you talked about your memory being shit. So feel free to punt on this question. Do you have like the coolest thing that you've seen so the far Kelenic, this year? The Kalenic
1: home run, the guy from Seattle that uh, they he was he's basically new <laughs> and had these big, big expectations for him and he wasn't doing well. He wasn't hitting. They thought he would be able to hit more and provide more for the offense and he just wasn't doing it they uh, pinch hit him in a situation that before he even, before the at-bat started and I saw that they pinch hit him, I said out loud, I was like, this feels like a very high pressure situation (laughs) to pinch hit a guy who all the conversations I had had with everybody about him right before that happened that day were like, when is he going down to the minors? It wasn't a, um, like, it it might happen. It was like, this guy's got to go down to the minors why is he on the bench? Because their thinking is that, and this is what Cliff Floyd was explaining to me. He was like, if you're on the bench, you're not playing, so you're not getting better. Yeah. So it's like either, because to me, I'm like, if I got sent down, that would mess with my confidence. To him, he's like, no, you expect that you're going to get sent down and then you work on your confidence and build it back up. And then you come back up into the lineup. So it was like a done deal that this guy was a bust and it wasn't going to work out. And, he, and then he got pinch hit and he hit a home run. And it was this moment that was like, are you kidding me? He stepped up, like literally stepped up to the plate in a moment that like I, many people would crumble under the pressure. We're like, everyone out there is wondering when I'm going to go. Everyone out there is like, get rid of this guy. Boo, he stinks. And my manager said, you can do it. And then I did it. That's cra- It was crazy to me. That's why I stepped on <laughs> Stephen's call of the play because I was so (laughs) genuinely like oh my god like he did it because the other thing about the booth that people don't know and maybe it's because of the weird thing with the ball this season or maybe it's just because it's my first time in the booth a lot of things look like home runs that are not home runs Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of things you're like that's out of here just kidding it's directly into the (laughs) not even on the warning track uh I got that way wrong so when this one was going, I was like, it's going to be one of those things. Don't get your hopes up. And then it was out and I lost my mind and then pulled my headset off. <laughs> a, a, I knew that in my ear, they were going to be like, lay out. And B, uh, I didn't want my microphone to pick up. And I knew I wasn't going to be able to stop myself from reacting. So I was like, just get this thing away from me so I can watch a baseball game. Because that was absolutely insane. And then, of course, the very next uh, half inning, the, um, who are they even playing that night? The Rays. Oh yeah. 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 The race, the next inning uh, they hit a home run and they won the game. Oh, so it wasn't man. the big moment that you wanted but, it to be, uh, but even still in them, it was just like, that's what I love about sports. That's the thing where it's like all the numbers say, this is not, don't pinch hit this guy in this situation. All of the numbers say that this guy stinks, but the guy is still a guy and he's still breathing and you still have to play the game. And you know, like they say in little giants, on any given day or whatever, you can anybody can beat anybody. It's mm-hmm. like it's just one, you have to just do it.
0: See, this is this is why you are our Tim Kirkshin now, Katie. I mean, because a true was, honor that was genuine joy. And I always said that was that's Tim Kirkshin's superpower is. I want to like baseball more when I see it through Tim Kirkshen's eyes because he so clearly loves this thing so much and he loves all of those intimate parts about it that you just mentioned. And when I would talk to Tim, it would make me more interested in baseball and that's what that moment you just described was. Like, it was your genuine joy for that. That was like, oh man, I'm kind of interested in this kid now and I'm kind of invested in what his- He got sent
1: was. down to the minors. <laughs> <laughs> right away i think it was the next game i think the very next day he got sent down to the minors. so again none of, none of it was none of it matters
2: the bullpen was very excited his eyes lit up i just saw based on how excited you were about the call i just looked it up myself and it was electric
1: it was it was it, it was, was, it was, it was
2: amazing silly,
1: that is the if i'm in my most honest like that's i'm just looking for that like sports to me is that that moment of like shouldn't have happened happened or like, Oh yes. my God. Can you believe that? Like there were some catches in the yesterday. I feel like there were specifically two catches that I was like, how, how did they catch that ball? But they just, they do. And I know there are sports fans who are like, it's their job to catch that ball. If they don't catch that ball, how did they not catch that ball? It's because like, it's really hard. Um, Because baseball's crazy and shouldn't work as well as it's like routine plays. Uh, As a person who played softball, I did not have routine plays. Anything was an opportunity for me to fall (laughs) flat on my face in the moment. And so I just respect the ability for them to execute on things that I'm like, I could never, especially the ones that are like scripted where it's like, this is is a moment for this guy. So yeah, I know we got sent down to the minors. I know they lost the game. But it, I think I even said it that night. I'm like, look, this doesn't fix all your problems as a team. I know that Mariners fans are frustrated with Seattle. But for a moment, a moment like that feels like it's all fixed. I'm happy. This is what I come here for. This is why I buy tickets. Uh, I'm happy with the team. So I feel like sports is just stringing together those moments and trying to maintain. And so I live for those moments.
0: Mm. Damn. If that if that isn't a bar, I don't know what is. <laughs> God.
2: Bar and that
0: was wonderful little baby over there wait katie i do want to ask and i don't know if we got to this over the course of conversation and it just came up naturally but after we had you on the podcast last time you mentioned that there was one thing you had forgotten to talk to us about and you said it was the (laughs) scariest part about being in the booth
1: was it the part about how oh we oh wait which part was it how i say we almost get hit with balls all the time or no not that
0: no, you didn't tell me what it was. You just texted me and said, I forgot to tell you the funniest, scariest part about this gig. Oh, fuck.
2: Doing it while in love? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: oh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was, t- I was t- the, th- the things I wanted to ask about.
1: <laughs> just doing it while in love?
2: Yeah, while in love with Dan. Like, I want to, you know, I just gonna hear about you being in love. But no, it, it wasn't that. It, it couldn't hat. have been. That.
1: The scariest part of this job. It's crazy for me to now be like, mm, I don't know. It should technically scare me. So it should.
0: Maybe you've already gotten over your fear you and go. had your moment where you pinch hit and hit the home run. Yeah, Look probably not,
1: Mike. I like the way you're thinking, but I can tell you that probably hasn't <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, scariest Sorry. part this past week was when a woman who was sitting in front did i already say this a woman sitting in front of the booth uh turned around and was screaming fuck you katie nolan and throwing at double birds and screaming at me to get out of uh their city oh. i was that was a little scary i was like okay all right i blew her a kiss um the kiss the kiss you know blows a
0: great motion by mm. the way i feel like that's I a was great like, to do
1: um I go peace sign sometimes.
0: The blow kiss, the blow kiss is, a, I, I think, one of. Oh gonna...
1: yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a gal, and she was a gal, so I felt like I could blow her a kiss. What was the scariest part of this job that I didn't tell you?
0: It was also the funniest, scariest part. Maybe it was getting hit by balls almost.
1: It could be. Because
0: I do remember there Damn. was one night in particular and i want to say it was when hunter was not with you guys
1: that the balls just kept coming into the booth we were so close we were so close to getting hit by like three different times to the point where cliff was like i should have brought my glove because the ball's gonna hit you and this is very dangerous um but no it couldn't be that
0: not the wild balls
1: Dude, what, what? I really never said, I didn't follow up.
0: You said, I just realized I forgot to tell you the funniest, scariest part about this gig and it's absolute gold podcast fodder. So I feel like the three of us have to get
1: together again soon. <gasps> oh, what was I talking about? Hold on, let me really, really think. Oh, look, I have my notes from your podcast from the last time.
2: Oh, I imagine that's why you, I'm mean, gonna be quiet I'm lay out.
1: No, what? What were you saying? No, I was, just, I was
2: saying, I imagine that's like, I imagine you were looking at your notes and then hit Mike and was like, oh, I forgot about this thing. That's what I was hoping. It was well, yeah, because
0: I remember you did write down a bunch of topics, which is why this time I felt bad because I had most of my, like a couple of things jotted down. So this time I took extra notes about things to ask you about to compensate.
2: Yeah, Mike came prepared.
1: Damn. This is, the, this is also a perfect example of when you write everything down, you can't find anything because everything has been written down
0: yeah
1: um the only thing i wrote down i wanted to get to in this podcast today oh, was yeah. that we are a couple days away from i don't know when this is going to run Come but on. this is the anniversary of take a look y'all the stephen a smith tweet where he tweeted a photo that wasn't a photo it was just like jpg a dot oh yeah. that's uh
2: 2015
1: so that's been seven years
0: yes my god
1: So this Thursday, May 26th, is the seven-year anniversary of Take a Look, Y'all, which is a national holiday, I believe.
0: Wow. Take a look, y'all. He's gotten so much better since. I know. are Are you the kind of account that will go and retweet that tweet? I feel like we need someone responsible for like, like one of my favorite clips on the internet is of Michael Irvin at the NFL Network. This was years ago. I can tell by the suits that he was wearing in this one, but- he starts going off about some of the players in the league and he makes them like very dated, like a li- you know, there's the references that we probably wouldn't be comfortable with now, but he goes, the young ladies aren't learning how to cook anymore. And then he slams the desk and goes, we're losing recipes. Losing the recipes.
1: I still say that. I still say we're losing. Anytime something happens with like a, a young kid doesn't know something that we used to have to know. I always, I'm like, we're losing recipes.
0: Well, and that's that's what this Stephen A tweet is. Like we have to keep the recipes we must. out there we must. on the Okay,
1: topic. so I'll find it. I'll find it and I'll retweet it.
0: There we go. We, I can we,
1: I can definitely do that.
0: We have to hold on to the recipes. Yes.
1: <laughs> Gotta remember where we came from so we can we, get to where we're going. Oh, we're, losing,
0: we're losing recipes. It's my it's my favorite clip that Michael Urban so, has ever been a part of. And he's was got So out mad there. too. He was really upset. Genuine anger oh man Damn,
1: dude i'm not gonna let this go i'm not gonna forgive myself for this forgetting lot, mike this thing
0: i'm sorry she would have been no, able
1: to forgive I'm herself like, she wasn't
2: it, reminded of it
1: dude it's just like if i knew so i talked all that shit where i was like i forgot to tell you the funniest and it's podcast gold and then now i'm like <laughs> couldn't couldn't pay me to come up with what it was uh,
0: your shit you're just like yup, got yeah. this
1: one yeah, I babe, I pointed and then struck out and was like, What did you guys think was going to happen? You thought something else was going to happen? I have no idea.
2: It's a Hail Mary pivot. Can I just do yeah. that? Yeah, Hail Mary pivot. You ready?
1: Yeah,
2: uh oh. Last weekend, I introduced my son Carter, two year old, to Sandlot because he loves balls and doggies.
1: Great. Mix. And-
2: He's so obsessed with it that today when I was picking him up from daycare. I'm lying. My, my wife picked him up. I dropped him off. Uh, the teacher was like, did Carter play baseball recently? Like he just keeps running up to me and saying baseball and that's all he's giving me. And then we're like, no, no, no. It's like, oh, Sandlot, Sandlot. And I just re—I I rewatched it. It was the first time in a long time. There's a lot of details that I forgot completely about the film. So mm in that realm with your knowledge of baseball now what is the best baseball movie
1: oh man it's a Hail Mary. It was a Hail Mary that, like, I thought was and then it kind of softened at the end no, and yeah. became like oh, no, a oh, no, oh, no, just oh, no, a regular oh, no. run of the mill. It, it well,
0: and yeah. by the way, I got so distracted with my poisoned internet brain when you said the teacher was like, He's giving me a lot of baseball, and I just went, Oh, it's giving Sandlot,
1: it's giving Sandlot, <laughs> it's
0: giving Sandlot <laughs> yeah. right now. Was uh, a, was I, a sandlot. The
1: I saw Sandlot in theaters, that's how old I am. Um, and the scene, I know, and the scene where they puked, I had to I, <laughs> I had to leave. I was like, I'm gonna throw up. I can't watch this many people throw up in like Dolby digital surround sound. I'm gonna throw up.
0: That <laughs> um, movie that movie is so much of like the everyday vernacular that I still use in random situations. Yeah. It's so insanely quotable.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's so insanely quotable that you have to fight the urge to quote it cuz you're like I'm it's his hack at this point. The people that you see quoting it, you're like, "Okay, I can't be. I'm not right. those people." So I'm right. going to try not to quote it. I feel like my favorite baseball movie it's not a, it's not is Bull Durham. I really loved Bull Durham. Um I think because Susan Sarandon is a character that I think when I was younger when I first saw Bull Durham, I was like I don't get this. And then as I got older, I was like, Oh, not only do I get this, I love this. Uh, and so I still, was, I still don't I just,
2: get it. I still don't get it. It's just a, um, I gotta re-watch a
1: fascinating. It. I think it's a fascinating, I think baseball is sex and sex is baseball. And so I feel like, um, cause I, I took a lot of flack when people were like, it's not even a movie about baseball. There's no baseball in that movie. I'm like, yeah, you don't go to a baseball movie to watch a game. You go to a baseball movie to hear a story surrounding yeah. the game of baseball. A lot of people's favorite baseball movie is Moneyball. I'm like, that's um it's like a no. documentary, essentially. Like, I know no, it's not, it's but it's like we live Ted through talk. the thing. So what um yeah, angels I go in the outfield for the okay is the
0: answer I was looking for.
1: Major league as a kid was my favorite. I loved Major League.
0: I was a big rookie of the year guy.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I just love I loved the sound it made when he was pitching with the hurt arm because it was like an extra tight rubber band just snapping and they had to make it really pronounced to remind you that the only reason he can do this is because he is like kind of injured in this weird way that has given him a gift.
1: Yeah, which I also felt like made me, f- it set me up with bad expectations for like, I would get hurt and then be like, that's okay. When I come back from this injury, I'm going to be an incredible athlete, that is just <laughs> like, you can't stop me. Um, and that's not, that's not what happened. I was bad at sports.
0: That's not for everyone. If you're, a, if you're a youth listening to this, that is not how sports no, work. No, but you it's okay hurt- to be
1: the locker room. Like I'm a big locker room guy, but it's, um not going to carry you through you still also have the t- you have to have the talent and yeah, that was yeah. where i was lacking in that yeah. department
0: but you know i was not,
1: i was camaraderie i was you know cheering and chanting and picking up my fellow teammates but when it came to my turn it was like oh no this uh, this gonna be i'm gonna try to bunt and if i can't bunt then i'm uh not gonna do much that's so.
0: all she wrote And i got on base. That's and I
1: stole bases, so that was kind of my thing.
0: Stealing bags. That's right, Katie. Free
1: tacos.
0: (laughs) Elite glue guy.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's Uh, me. Call me Elmer. I'm gonna obsess over what it is I didn't tell you for the. I'm gonna be useless in my game this week because um, all I'm gonna think about is the podcast gold that I didn't say last time. And now here I am. You know who would never do this, Kirk? Jen.
0: Tim, you know what? I feel like you're giving, like I give Tim a ton of credit, but I feel like this would be quirky enough for Tim to do. Like the whole charm of Tim is he goes on the Levitard show and he laughs when, you know, Scott Van Pelt does such the Baltimore accent. Like Best he's just, laugh. he's such Best a sweet little again. man. I will say one, because um, I realized this last time we had you on and this was one thing that I did remember was if we can get people and don't, it, any comments about the hole or anything in the um, Apple podcast reviews of this, but we need something that we can have you say on the broadcast that people can look for that listen to this podcast. So that is what I will submit at Gojo show on Twitter or in the podcast uh, reviews on Apple podcast, leave us a five-star rating and leave us a call that Katie needs to work in. To her next friday night baseball game Blue Jays.
1: and let's like not make it like the hardest one we can build up to yes. like i'm gonna be doing this for the season sorry so uh it, it, we can later in the season maybe we can graduate yes. up to more difficult let's start pretty easy but funny yeah you know? N- nothing super
0: inappropriate let's not go nuts. Right. yeah let's yeah. keep it let's keep it above board yeah. but topical just, Something that yeah it can be topical or germane mm. to the show mm. that we Jermaine. can have Katie weave to the broadcast.
1: Okay, I would say Jermaine Dupri has the highest percentage of lyrics that I think I know, and then find out I know the radio edit, and that I actually oh, do not know. Yeah, uh, that
0: That's is a tough bit. part about growing up in the like late nineties, early 2000s. Eating yeah.
1: crab, watching ladies shake it up all night is not the lyric. <laughs> um, I just want to let any of my other suburbans out there know that but shouldn't. the radio
0: edits
2: are fire like yeah they're th- that's load. the thing is they
1: still like fit and they still have yes. flow and so you're like this must be the lyric and then right. it's not even close
2: eating crab watching ladies shake it up all night mm, mm-hmm. mm-mm.
1: Mm. it's not it <laughs> it's a couple words off. Just he is swear. eating crab though that is what he's eating so it's not that part you would think that part was the part that's not but no he's oh he eating crab
0: he is definitely eating crab katie, thank was you so this much.
1: anything cut this yes. down until it's good okay this was like four hours of nothing
0: oh my
2: it, it was a lot
0: of your time and we really appreciate it everyone yes. check out katie friday night baseball blue jays at angels Talk nice to Katie online. She's our friend. We got to, and I will say this, Katie, this is no bullshit. After your last time on the podcast, I got a lot of tweets from people that checked out and watched that game because you were on it, checked out and enjoyed it for the first time because they heard you talking about it. They enjoyed your perspective on this podcast and it sounded familiar to them. So while it may be drowned out in a sea of bullshit, there were a lot of people that very much identified with what you were trying to present and portray. I love you guys.
1: Thank you for giving me those. people, And I know they're out there and I know this is look, we've been, I've been through this in my career. So I know that it's like, you're not seeing, but there is also support and I don't mean to um, not be focusing on that. So I appreciate anybody who has watched a game that they don't wouldn't have normally watched and any game they're going to watch in the future. I I think when we get to where we're trying to get to as a booth, it will be like the fun Friday night game that you can just watch. And you don't have, we're not going to judge you if you don't know anything. um, And we're going to hopefully just have a laugh and, you know, watch them knock the ball around a little bit.
0: You can watch on Friday night and chug your wine through a small hole made. Tiny,
1: tiny little hole you made with a screwdriver, Phillips head.
0: Suck it out. We love you. Thanks for coming back, bud.
1: I love you. You guys are the best. You're doing great.
2: Love you. Mean it.
1: Oh, stop. All
0: right. Big thank you again to Katie for coming and spending and giving us a bunch of her time. We Really, is it's someone that we both love a lot and, and want to see success keep following. So, you know, everyone make sure you check out what Katie's doing, uh, what she's been trying to do with Friday Night Baseball. It's been fun, and it's hopefully something that, you know, can bring some people joy in the midst of everything that's going on.
2: Yeah, can you believe she came back again so soon? Like, I can, because like we're like rec- actually friends with her, and she enjoys talking to us, but
0: that was nice. It was nice, man. Like, I, 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 if nothing else, when you and I set out and started doing this show we said that one thing that we wanted to do in all of this was try and create a semblance of community. Like that's in my mind, the point of all of this, like, what are we here for? If not to like reach out and find other people and enjoy whatever that brings. So we get some of that with Katie and Lord knows, you know, I, I know I needed it. I can't speak for everybody. I can't speak for you, but in, you know, in the middle of what has been a hellish last 24 hours and won't get any easier anytime soon for a lot of people involved. You know, it, it was a visit with a friend. And again, as we look at all of this and look at some of the problems that we have, like selfishness might be at the core and community is, I think the only thing that fixes a lot of things is us working together to try and get things done and to try and keep each other afloat through all of this. So we're going to, you know, uh, go past this, that, and the third today. This didn't feel like a day where we could pluck funny headlines from the internet and really give it any sort of gusto or put anything behind it that would have felt right or genuine to us. So thank you guys for tuning in for a- as much or as little as you did today. Um, we love you. I, I and you know, and, Can't say that enough to anyone at this point. We get reminders of that, unfortunately, far too often. But everyone stay safe. Everyone take care of yourselves and the people around you. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger